trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Raindrops on roses and nooses on witches. One guy gets pressed cause specters are snitches. Rampant hysteria led by some girls. These are a few of the Salem witch things. When the dog barks, when there's hangings, when it's dark at four. I simply remember some Salem witch things and then I just feel real bad okay then i just i thought we'd open with a song <sighs> we always we always we always open with a song it's called the intro nash uh, oh right uh- Welcome back, Skeleton Army. I'm Angel, and the surprising impression of Julie Andrews is Nash. Season two, baby! We did it. Also, choosing not to be offended by that. We sure did. And you should be. Rude. Okay. I've been quite anxious to say this. All right, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Nash? Yes? Paint the picture. Okay. It's 1647, and we're in the New England colony of Connecticut. Hold up a minute. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? I thought this episode was about the Salem witch trials in 1692 in Massachusetts. It is. But you just said... Fun facts with Nash. Wow. Okay. Both of you to start the season with facts. New season, new me. It's been like a month, maybe. Like, what are you talking about? I said what I said. Anyway, Salem wasn't unique to early American life. In fact, for a bunch of former colonies that started on the whole freedom of religion thing, they were seriously uncool about deviations from Puritan values and societal expectations. Witches, the devil, the supernatural were all high on the top five fears of the everyday Puritan, which is probably why Salem was not an isolated event. It was predated by the Connecticut witch trials by about 30 years. Right. Yeah. History often forgets that the colonies were founded by... Hang on, let me check my notes here. Yeah, go ahead. Actual crazy people. Crazy sort of implies that they didn't understand exactly what they were getting themselves into. Unfortunately, they pretty much knew it was going to be wilderness, hardship, sickness, and war, so... Oh, right. They were colonizers. Terrified colonizers. Not that that's better. The New England colonies were often governed by fear of natives, animals, darkness, each other, really big spiders. We're going to dive deeper into the development of New England and thereby the really fun horseshit of colonization. Grave desecration, religious conversion, and genocide. This is a comedy podcast. The saddest one. Anyway, we're going to do all of that, all that mess in a later episode. Because we do not believe in linear time. So, not a later episode? It's actually an earlier episode that we have not recorded or released in this timeline. It exists in my heart. 
and also in the week of the American holiday of Thanksgiving in the year of our Lord, 2021. Praise be to Satan. Let's look briefly at a map. Um, are you just looking at a map? What? Nash, it's a podcast. It's just the sound, so. Oh. Yeah, we just, oh. we just hear papers and oh, right. heavy breathing from your side. Right. <laughs> Recover, Nash. <clears throat> if you were looking at a map of the Northeast, if you were, just like right now, if you happen to have a map and you're looking at it of the Northeast United States, you'll see a good old Hookham, Massachusetts. And then a little to the southwest of that, there's a lovely little box state. That's Connecticut. That's where we are right now, but only for a few minutes and like a bunch of years ago. To the direct south of Massachusetts, apropos of nothing, is a teeny baby state called Rhode Island. Technically, its name is Rhode Island and the Providence Plantations, which is the longest name for a U.S. state. Well, actually. Wow, that's what we're doing? Sorry, sorry. They changed the name last year to remove the plantations bit. Now they're just legally and officially Rhode Island. Can't believe you just well actually actually me. Holy shit. Continue mansplaining, Nash. I promise you're going to recover from this. Rhode Island isn't important to the story per se, but it is worth noting for history purposes that this good old time baby state, wee little baby state, was where... Well, baby little baby state. state. Little baby <laughs> state. Little teeny tiny in the baby state. It's where the religious freedom party was happening. If you were ostracized from your Puritan community, or you just felt like the vibes were off somehow, they're just off, your best choice at happiness was ye old island road. Connecticut was good for... Upright, stiff Puritans, and Massachusetts was, and currently is, especially with Nash living there, a terrible backwater filled with bad drivers. I drove you around one time and you can't shut up about it. I almost died. No, I almost made your wee little baby baby belly upset because you can't handle stop and go traffic in a major U.S. city. Okay, bitch, you okay. want to go? Okay, through? yeah, let's what? fucking what? do <clears throat> Hmm. Nash, pick it up from the Connecticut thing, please. Oh, oh, right. There was a there was a whole point to that map thing. Oh, for fuck. Okay, just go. Just do the. <clears throat> Welcome to New England. It's a new frontier, and if you're here now, it's a life of hardship and constant fear. <laughs> every day is spent establishing towns and creating new boundaries, and every night is met with the same unyielding, <laughs> unquiet darkness. Without electricity, without stable buildings, without bustling commerce in neighboring cities, as soon as the sun goes down over those hills, the dark settles like a woolen blanket. And out here in the wilderness, it's heavy enough to hide anything. An animal, an enemy, or even the devil himself. Okay, but All right. <clears throat> All right. Why is it dark in here? Okay. Fear of the devil and of witches was a big thing in Puritan New England, as it had been back home in Old England. England had been murdering mostly women under the whole witchcraft thing, heavy quotation marks here, for centuries at this point. And good news, they didn't stop doing that just because they weren't home anymore. <laughs> Taking your shit with you on vacation, am I right? To be fair, Man. they do take a bit of break from things while they're busy dying on the frontier from cold, starvation, and explosion, and wars they keep fighting while they're colonizing, so, you know. Hard to murder your women when you're busy murdering the natives. Especially when you're hungry. This episode brought to you by Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry. You're a real uptight Puritan man with a hard-on for killing non-white people. 
honestly cannot wait for that cease and desist letter. I'm going to frame it. Fun? The first witch, and that's in quotes because, duh. Duh. To be killed in the colonies is a woman called Alice Young in 1647 in Windsor, Connecticut. Oh, right. Connecticut. Yes, I finally made it back to this point. Anyway, there's not a ton about Alice or her life, really, and nothing survives from her arrest or her time in court. She gets a nice little mention in the town records on May 26, 1647, which read, and this is true, quote, Alice Young was hanged. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Technically, she wasn't even alive when she was finally mentioned in the court records. Oh, no. What a bummer. Uh, Because nothing says we don't care about our women, quite like civically murdering one of them for nonsense. And then... Not even a fucking dent in your historical records. Whoops. Just, who's Alice Young? I don't know, but she was hanged. She was definitely Jesus. killed today. Oh, fuck's sake. Ah, a nice other little fun fact of we know about Alice is that her own daughter would also be accused of witchcraft 30 years later. Mother fucker. God well, damn it. Alice Young, if you're in the afterlife and somehow listening to this podcast... Death and Friends sees you, girl. You deserve better than that. Connecticut goes on to have a witch trial season of its own, but unlike the subject of today's episode, it's a lot smaller. Small. With 37 accusations total. There's less legal nonsense, in so much as colonial New England could even stand, and a bunch of the victims get banished to other parts of the colonies. They mostly choose Rhode Island and New York, which explains Williamsburg. Out of the 37 accused, only 11 would be executed. Only 11? Human yeah. people. Yeah. Only 11. Only 11. Small. Yeah. People who lived. Yeah. Had lives and families. Some of them didn't even get mentioned in their own historical records. It's not <laughs> important. Uh, all right. Well, the most famous witch in Connecticut is a mysterious dope-ass woman called Catherine Harrison. Yeah. She eventually is just sort of... <laughs> she eventually is sort of just banished. But it's interesting that she arrives in the colonies as a servant and eventually marries a dude. He dies. And leaves her the richest widow in Connecticut. What a glow up. She chooses not to remarry because, I'm going to go ahead and say money. Yeah. And anyway, that has nothing, probably, definitely to do with her constantly fighting witchcraft charges. Someday, I want to tell you guys all about why Catherine Harrison was the coolest person to ever live. But today, sadly, not that day. We're going a bit forward in time and talking about a different bunch of witches that would ultimately change the landscape of judicial theocracy. It's time for the new and improved Witch Trials of New England, this time with more everything. It's 1692. What we call Salem historically consisted of Salem Village and Salem Town. Salem Village, which is modern-day Danvers, was primarily a farming community, and Salem Town acted as its own seaport, and thereby the connection to the rest of the world. Farmers from Salem Village were often very poor and resentful of the wealthier inhabitants of the port town. Is that complicated enough? It gets worse. It's so much worse. Salem Village is the ground zero of the witchcraft events of 1692, with virtually the entire 500-person population involved. Salem Town, though it's where the formal trials are held, escaped most of the person-to-person chaos, and yet still became the hub of witch city in modern times, proving that you don't have to be honest about history as long as it's for tourism. Commercial? Before we really get into the shit on this, here are some other background things to remember. Marley was dead, to begin with. Okay, no Dickens bits here. Boo! 
Salem on the whole was facing the same hardship and fear as all the other colonies. There was a recent smallpox epidemic that affected the colonists and the native tribes. King William's War was forcing resettlement across North America, and there were food shortages from weather-related bad harvests. The Massachusetts Bay Colony Charter had been recently revoked by England, inciting some severe political anxiety, and as always, the fear of darkness and the devil. Oh, an egg-based magic. What? Oh, man, you're going to love this. Here we go. Meet Reverend Paris. He's a minister of Salem Village and a huge booty hole. Mm. Historically, <laughs> historically, that is. Anyway, he visits Barbados in 1680 and buys a person. We'd like to reiterate that bit here. So here it goes again. A man of God pops by the Caribbean real quick at the height of the slave trade and just picks up a person to take home. That person is a teenage woman called Tituba. The records are not clear as to whether Tituba was originally from Barbados or whether the slave trade had already taken her from her original home. Super weird that uh, murdering, colonizing, shitty slave owners would keep bad personnel records. The HR department of Great Britain was seriously lacking. Some say still is. Mm. So our boy Paris brings Tituba to New England, where she takes care of his entire family and household while he walks around Salem generally being a white man. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a greedy asshole. And here's where the fun really starts. Yeah. Even the witchcraft and the devil were in the MySpace top eight of fears. It didn't stop superstition and prediction games from running rampant in 17th century life, especially with children. Because honestly, what else were you going to do for fun? Um, let us play with this stick, other children. Ye, merrily, we are glad. Oh no, Rebecca hath died of consumption. Let us put her over here with prudence. Y yay! Stick. <laughs> so one day, presumably tired of being seen and not heard, nine-year-old Betty Paris and Betty's cousin Abigail sit down with a few other girls and play a little game. They crack an egg into a glass of water. Oh, wow. Monopoly has nothing on that. And they look into the glass to see what shape the egg white makes as a way to see their fortunes. Did it look like they were going to have to wash some dishes? <laughs> no, they're rich. Uh, <laughs> these girls do have consequences, though. But sadly, those consequences are executions and not like, you know, chores. Mm. According to the primary sources, the girls see the whites form in the shape of a coffin. And like every girl with a Ouija board at a slumber party, someone freaks the fuck out. Metaphor of the day. That someone is good reverend's daughter, Betty Paris, and soon after, her cousin Abigail. The girls would shriek and throw things, contort their bodies, and utter weird noises. Just like hashtag girl shit. They would do barking. Like, woof woof. That's not a bark. <laughs> That's I've never not a met a dog. You've never met a dog. Understandably, people in Salem found this pretty sus. Tichuba is urged by a Paris relative to bake what's called a witch cake, which is way less delightful than it sounds. It's rye flour, first of all, Disgusting. and everybody knows that rye is gross. And then also urine, specifically uh, from the afflicted girls. So just like double gross. 
The cake gets all baked up, hopefully in a pan they immediately threw away, and it gets fed to the Paris' dog in the hopes that that dog was the familiar of the witch hurting the girls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're like, I know how to make them pay. It's important to note here that both the egg thing and the piss cake are forms of English magic lore, not from anywhere else. Saying that because their BFF racism has a tendency to really fuck up the retelling of the story. Another girl, 11-year-old Ann Putnam, joins the afflicted tribe in February, and the town magistrates are like, okay, this is fucked up, we gotta do something. Yeah, there's too many cakes with piss in them. It's gross. This dog is really sick. (laughs) Why do we keep feeding it to the same dog? No wonder it's not working. We're not good at this. And what they do go is, okay, fine, let's ask the girls what witch is making them sick. And eventually, the girls name three women. Tichuba, the Paris' slave, a local homeless woman named Sarah Good, and a local old lady named Sarah Osborne. All these women meet the traditional archetype of victims of witchcraft accusations. A.K.A. women on the fringe of society who don't participate in good old Puritan expectations. Sarah Jessica Parker need not apply. That's what we're saying. Are you saying Hocus Pocus is not historically accurate? I am saying that, but only because of the talking cat thing and not really for beauty reasons, because the traditional version of the witch changes a lot as we get through these trials. But for now, Tichuba and the Sarahs get arrested and interrogated. Tichuba and the Sarahs is a terrible band name, but I want it. Oh, it's fucking great. Both Sarahs deny the charges, but Tichuba confesses. Likely under duress, because this is 17th century white peopleville, and also she was a human who was considered property. Probably can't say that enough. In her court testimony, Tichuba says, The devil came to me and bid me serve him. She also noted that there was other women with her. Is she JFK? (laughs) And bid me serve him. (laughs) The devil came to me and bid me serve him. Be not afraid of butter. (laughs) Damn girl. You thicker than a bulk of oatmeal. Ah, it's the best clip of all time. Because he's like, oh. (laughs) I hope to unironically say that to a significant other someday. Girl, same. It's the goals. (laughs) (laughs) In her court testimony, Tichuba says, the devil came to me and bid me serve him. She also noted that there was other women with her signing the book. Some had been accused already, but others were unknown to her. Tichuba leaves this mysterious. One quick note about Tichiba's confession. It was easily the most compelling thing that came out of the usually mundane civic court cases of the time. And you should know that early Americans took each other to court all the time for any slight. It wasn't uncommon for a person to be in front of a jury standing against their neighbors a bunch of times every single year for things ranging from land and livestock complaints to slander. Oh yeah, and witchcraft. Hey, remember our gal, Catherine Harrison, you know, from Connecticut from like 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Guess what? She took various neighbors to court. How many times, you would say? 11. What? 11 in one spring for slander. All of them. (laughs) All of them. Just like, oh, that's a nice sweater. You don't mean that shit. Court. (laughs) Takes you to court. Court, court, court. (laughs) You're going to court. She was the Oprah Winfrey of taking you to court. (laughs) You're going to court. You're going to court. You're going to court. Everybody's going to court. Woo! (laughs) If you're in the colonies, it's just what you do. So among the my neighbor trespassed, my neighbor said my dress was ugly bullshit the community usually sat through, witchcraft proceedings were probably choice productions, even more so when the accused confesses, which was, for obvious reasons, very, very rare. 
Tsitsipas' confession seems to provide the spark from what we saw in Connecticut to what becomes in Massachusetts. Her testimony goes on for days and is both incredibly detailed and deliberately vague, like a good Neil Young song. Mm. She occasionally describes the devil and his servants, and other times she can't remember or didn't see him. But here's the thing. Tichipa's confession and stunning storytelling skills may be the match, but we can't lay this fire at her door. She didn't start the fire. No, I don't want to have done that. She would later recant the confession. (laughs) She would later recant this confession, saying that her owner, Reverend Paris, forced her to give it by beating and other ways abusing her. So just like, remember that part. Yes, remember that part. It is very important. But also, what an incredible power move. Yeah. The guy that owns you and your husband is having trouble with the devil, and everyone else is like, devil, never met her. <laughs> and you walk into court under oath and just flex upon them so hard. Devil? Yeah, baby, he's here, and he hates all of you guys. You like the taste of butter? Hell yeah, I bet you do. And you like the taste of butter? Huh? Yeah, mmm. Fucking butter, kid? Come here, goat man. They like to taste the butter over this way. <laughs> over the next few months, more girls are afflicted, and the accusations start to pop off, baby. Mmm. <laughs> Sarah Osborne becomes the first victim of the trials as she dies in a Boston jail awaiting her verdict. Martha Corey, a respected and nice church-going old lady, gets accused along with her husband, Giles Corey. Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter gets questioned, and then the courts toss her into the jails, too. Because four-year-olds, spooky as shit. Can confirm. I have a four-year-old, and to be honest, that's just a safe bet. You put those things in prison. Yeah, I was around it for a few days. Horrifying. And uh, it's very telling, because I called it it. (laughs) (laughs) He chews on your ankles and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mother, who's he? What the fuck? What kind of voice is that? Just don't look him in the eyes. Why? Go God! (laughs) So now Massachusetts has a god... How do I describe this? Mm, Go. Muy grande problema. Massachusetts. (laughs) Which is Spanish for very grande problema. Because there's lots of people in jail for witchcraft. So, in late May 1692, the governor creates the court of Oya. Latin for to hear. And termina. Latin for to decide. Oh, gee, thanks, future useless Jeopardy contestant. Anyway, they start using the court to decide on these specific witchcraft cases. The court hears its first case against Bridget Bishop only a few days later on June 2nd, 1692. The court, which accepts spectral evidence as real, fact-based evidence, why, straight up asks Bridget if she's guilty after letting a bunch of wild children talk shit for a while. She looks them all in the (laughs) face, presumably resisting the urge to scream, What the fuck? And says, I am as innocent as the child unborn. (laughs) That's fucking badass. Hell yeah, dude. They let her go, right? Right, Nash? They they let her go, right? Yep. Yep. Jeez, for a second there, I thought they... They let her go all the way to the gallows, and then they send her all the way to the afterlife. Bridget Bishop was hanged on June 10th, 1692, the first of the Salem witches to be executed. I don't like you. Sorry, but that's history, baby. She may have been the first, but she would not be the last. Not even close. Yay. While spectral evidence is still a thing that is the court is doing, because why not? Uh, July 19th brings us to the execution of Rebecca Nurse, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe, Sarah Good, and Sarah Wilde. 
We're going to talk about cotton and increased mather in just one second. <laughs> Who the fuck? Are those even are those real names? I said in a second. We're going to talk about them. But first, let's remind the audience how Angel earns his keep. Black death, polio, spontaneous combustion. Dying comes and after death comes decomposition. It may seem sad and also gross, but here you are and here's your host, not an actual doctor, but it's medical, medical, medical facts with Dr. A. Ah, oh, man, it's always fun. Oh, fuck, my coat. Jesus Christ. Hang on. How did you forget your coat? Oh, right. This is the... We're just back after a break. I don't... Right. Hang on. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about hangings. Medically, they're real quick. couple things. It's one of those older forms of capital punishment, which got lots of mileage, starting in the medieval times. There are a few different ways to actually die from hanging, which is neat, but also... Sad. Cerebral hypoxia, which is depriving the brain completely of oxygen, is almost usually the end result, and brain death is inside mm, five minutes or so. The heart may still beat for a few moments after you'd no longer be able to be resuscitated, which is why they leave victims hanging up for a while, at least until cardiac arrest. Very brutal. But getting the cerebral hypoxia has a few different paths. You can asphyxiate, which is what it sounds like, No air moving into your lungs. Your brain dies. You can suffer a break to your neck from the drop. Boom! (coughs) Spinal injuries and swelling stop blood from getting to your brain. Your jugular veins get crushed, meaning no blood is leaving your brain head, meaning your brain drowns in its own fluids. On occasion, depending on force and physics, the some intended hanging victims were actually decapitated. Jesus. Okay, that was a lot. Do we need a break for something funny now? Yeah, pretty sure. Okay, great. Meet Reverend Cotton Mather and his father, Reverend Increase Mather. <laughs> These are their real names. Yeah, they're 100% their real names. Oh, uh, wait, is our funny moment only from their names? Yeah, as it turns out, not a whole lot of funny shit happening in Salem in 1692. Increase is a minister and the then president of Harvard College. Both father and son are indirectly involved with Salem's witchcraft initially, but both are vocal about the proceedings themselves. Cotton is the first to write the court of Oryer and Terminer and question the wisdom behind allowing spectral evidence in court, and his father adds his criticism a few weeks later speaking to reverends in Cambridge. It were better that ten suspected witches should escape than one innocent person should be condemned. Which is nice, all things considered. Those things being that they're in the process of murdering people for rumors of spooky magic shit. But Cotton's original point wasn't that the evidence was unethical. It was literally because the devil would sometimes let you lie. White person says what? Yes. Cotton is often super dramatic and over the top, but his point was in regards to one prisoner, George Burroughs, who was hanged on August 19th, 1692, who had been able to recite the Lord's Prayer in his own defense while on the gallows. Cotton was like, hey, that doesn't count at all. The devil could, this is a quote, take the shape of an innocent person, their noise, company, and openness. Ah, the Puritans piece of shit. So, August 19th also sees the death of George Jacobs, Martha Carrier, John Proctor, and John Willard. A month later, Giles Corey is killed for refusing to enter a plea in court by getting pressed. 
Literally, they put big stones on top of him until he died. Rumor has it that his final words were, more weight. What a fucking badass. He's not the only one that gets a cool local legend story. On her gallows, Sarah Good tells the Reverend Noise that if she's hanged, he'll have blood to drink. And apparently, he died of a blood hemorrhage in his fucking throat, which... Love that for her, honestly. Mm. Fucking, that is called manifesting. That's how I want to go out. Really mad at a white dude. (laughs) Based on your track record, it's going to happen. Yes. Go. (laughs) In the opposite sort of way, John Proctor had been a victim probably only due to his very outspoken disagreement that the entire community was at the whim of some hysterical girls. Which starts to turn the tide a bit, because everyone is suddenly keenly aware that the girls are really running the show. September brings us... Uh, let me see. Let me do the counter. Eight more deaths, including Martha Corey, who joined her husband in the spooky not witch afterlife. It was at this point that the accusations had just gotten out of control. The girls accused the governor's wife. And in response to this, because men can't sympathize with anything for women unless it directly affects their wives and or daughters, he shuts down the court of Oyer and Terminer. Yeah, funny how things totally changed. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. In October of 1692, the witchcraft court in Salem gets dissolved and the accused are tried in the Supreme Court and previously accepted spectral evidence was disallowed for conviction in the courtroom. After this, proceedings begin to slow in number and eventually stop in 1693. After 1693, there would be no other trials or convictions for witchcraft in an American court, which probably means Nash has got work to do. What? Oh, sorry. I was just, I was just thinking about Satan. Yeah, I thought so. You had that look on your face. That's just how my put the, face is. Put, put those fingers down. <laughs> stop. Ooh. No, stop wooing. Just to sum things up. Just to sum things up. Salem had more witches accused between 1692 and 1693 than the rest of the colonies combined for the prior half of the century. Over 140 people get accused. 25 die. 19 by hanging, 1 by stoning, and 5 in jail awaiting trial or execution. There are nearly 50 confessions of witchcraft. Oddly, no one that confessed to being a witch was ever executed for being one. A record scratch noise. Uh, wait, so Tichuba... She survives the trials. Yeah! Well, Paris never bails her out of prison, and she's finally brought to court a year later on her charges, only for them to be thrown out immediately. She gets sold to a new owner to cover her bail money, and history loses sight of the real Tichuba completely. But in the Salem story, she becomes a thing of legend. Her role ranges from instigator of the whole hysteria all the way to an African voodoo priestess who could communicate with Satan. Never underestimate the imagination of white people. I mean, racist white people. Or just racist people. I don't know. Any of those combinations. Just of uh, the just, racism. Just, yeah. Looking at you, Ugh. Arthur Miller. <laughs> there have been a bunch of theories as to what caused the Salem witch hysteria ranging from ergot poisoning to actual witchcraft. But the truth probably is way more ordinary than any of the speculated causes alone. Remember that whole New England was a real fucking stressful thing? Yeah, exactly. The colonists were strung real tight. Part of that whole, like, new world thing, and part of that was Puritanism, 
a religion that was apparently designed to be as stressful as possible. One of the central tenets of Puritanism is the idea of predestination, meaning nothing in this life could change where you were headed in the afterlife. Only a few souls were good enough to go into heaven, and everyone else was going south for the winter, if you know what I mean. No one knows what you mean. We're going to Mexico! <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. We're, <laughs> they're, they're going to H-E double hockey sticks, Nash. <laughs> New, New Jersey? Uh... But the cool thing about being a Puritan was that you could read your real life for clues about where you might be going, apparently. So Puritans got real good at trying to find and interpret signs from their God about their chosen destination. Just to recap, real stressful religion, real fear of death, and real scary woods. And a real big violence against people of color energy that leads to a real tightly wound community. See, this is what happens when a colony stops being fake and starts getting real. Drink this vodka. History's mysteries, <laughs> baby. We solved it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> Just great. Mm. On that bummer note, that's the episode. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also be nice. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Gorilla Jokes. And I'm at It's Nashville. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Hey, you. You there. Oh, oh me? Oh. Yeah. You want to become a member of the Skeleton Army? Boy, do I. Well, you can start by joining us on Patreon. Wow. Our pa- yeah, our Patreon is mostly to cover our sound guys' medical bills. As you guys remember, in order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. Oh, that guy looks real messed up. He sure does, kid. Yeah. He sure does. All right, Dom, we're going to put another stone now. Dom? Tom? Dom? Uh-oh. You guys better check it out at patreon.com slash friends. And remember, you, hey, you there. Me? Listen, we talked about death a lot today, and some really messed up things. Yeah. And it can be a little tough, but we just want you to know that you are loved, you matter, and if you don't want to be your own friend, we will be your friend. My note says weird goat noises. Yeah, Do I don't you... know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to live deliciously, buddy? I think it was just supposed to be in the background, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> weird goat noises is actually just... <laughs> goat poop. Do you want to live deliciously, buddy? Okay. Until next time, Skeleton Army. Do you want some butter on it? Love you. Do you want butter on this toast? Do you like butter? I said love you. Say goodbye. (laughs) Love you, butter. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. There it is. Wow, you're a gassy baby today. Yeah. I love that that's going to make in the bloopers and we're not going to have a burp versus fart conversation. It's just going to be yeah. like, well, you're gassy today. You're a little gassy baby. Death? Hard to murder your women. Oh, my God. Is it hard to murder your women, Angel? No, no. It's just the dog is clickety clacking everywhere. And... An actual chainsaw slash motorcycles outside my window?
it's getting cartoonish. Yeah, there goes. Hard to murder this your is... women, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Takes the chainsaw massacre four. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go murder somebody. Excuse okay, me. have fun. Death. It's rye flour, first of all, Disgusting. and everybody knows that rye is gross. And then also urine, specific, specifically, specifically, specifically. Specifically, I need you to specifically piss in this cake. You understand what I'm telling you? We're in Massachusetts. Oh, sorry, that's right. Um, specifically, we, uh, are, uh, need you to. Uh, that's JFK. Ur- urinate in this here cake. He's from Massachusetts. That's a Massachusetts accent. It is not. That's like Long Island. <clears throat> or uh, that's rich people Newport shit. We're talking <laughs> Boston kid, specifically. Okay. Fucking piss in this cake, kid. <laughs> Do it, piss in it, dare you. Fucking no balls. No balls. I'm a girl. That's what I fucking said, didn't I? Death? It's important to note that the, both the egg thing and the fucking piss cake are forms of English magic lore. <laughs> the piss cake. Uh, <laughs> that was good, right? <laughs> oh. I'm the worst. I made myself laugh really hard. Okay, let's do this again. Death? Bring, bring. Black death, polio. Spontaneous, Spontaneous combustion. combustion. Dying comes then after death comes decomposition. It may be sad, but also gross. But here you are, and here's your host. Not an actual doctor. It's medical. 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 Facts. With, with Dr. Angel. Jazz. Wow. Death? Yeah, as it turns out, not a whole lot of funny shit happening in Salem 1972. 1972? Bummer. What year is this? We're all alright. <laughs> Hello, Wisconsin. The devil a- is so cool. He's like. What's up, He's y'all? like, hell yeah, brother, do do do. <laughs> you like Leonard's taste of butter? <laughs> y'all motherfuckers like butter? Thank you, Satan. <laughs> yeah. Gee, Satan, thanks. Try As that a, again. Okay. Death. It was literally because the devil would sometimes let you lie. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. Cotton is super. Hang on, hang on. Let me get. Let me get more into um character here i haven't done lines like these since uh vesuvius what it was one time <clears throat> it's the second time now <laughs> based on some of these lines. you just <sighs> finished a fucking like half a page on hangings calm down yeah, I did. that's true yeah you did <clears throat> actually i think it'd be super funny if you did increase this line like with your mouth full of chips <laughs> it would be better the sandwiches should be condemned. <laughs> I could put a bunch of food in my mouth and do it. <clears throat> it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't on. flow through the episode, I don't think. Be like, increase, is that Taco Bell? It's just like <laughs> <laughs> It's your contractor supreme. Hang on, let me just try it once. Sorry, Dom. Yeah, sorry, buddy. I just want to hear this. Everybody that tries to spice witches. So escape. No one innocent person should be condemned. Damn, Increase, are you high? <laughs> what is this, cereal? Mm. Oh, man. They still got the Mexican pizza out here? 
No, great. Oh, well, right. You're in Salem Town. Well, aren't you cool? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Damn it, increase. Oh, no, I forgot you're in Cambridge. What a, oh. Right. <clears throat> the bullface lie. <clears throat> <laughs> Death? The vibes are intact. There's no fucking dogs. There's no noise. And for whatever fucking reason, the train decides to go through Fifth Ward right now. I don't understand. I feel like I've never heard a train. Like, when did they set up the tracks for this train? Like, yesterday? They've been here. It's usually in the morning. And for whatever reason, it's right the fuck now at 930 in Texas. Is it the midnight train? No, it's 930. Okay, but it's midnight destination train. It's going to El Paso. The midnight train to El Paso. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't, doesn't hit as well. Fine. Death? Just to sum things up. Then, what a weird comma. No, just to sum things up then. Okay, just to sum things up then. Salem had more witches accused. Don't, no, nah, none of that. Don't give me none of that. You can delete it. It's the worst. It's your Just line. to sum things up. Just to sum things up. Death? Yeah, one of the central tenets of Purit- Pur- Pur- Puritanism? Puritanism. Pajenja. Death? Sorry, I'm changing the natives to people of color. Because it wasn't just the Indians, it was also Tichuba. Oh, yeah, it's true. Uh, wow, how British are you? What? It's about the color, all English-y. Oh, I only... I, you've never noticed that I literally always do that? I don't remember how to spell anything. <laughs> the American so you're like, uh, gotta go back into the databanks, and you travel to your past self in Ireland? Oh. Yeah, that was the douchiest thing I've ever said at all. I just don't remember how the Americans spell things. Oh, go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> Do you know how to spell that? <laughs> yes, it's actually pronounced with a capital F. In the... It's with the Q U. It's very <laughs> polite. It's pr- yes, it's pronounced Fook. Go Fook. Just. <laughs> Death? Mm, fuck my life.